Welcome to the one within all to another episode of Interverse Podcast. I'm your host, Chance. Ride in shotgun with me for this one is everybody's favorite dissident, the slickest of them all, Gabriel. And we are joined by a very special guest, Sean Clark, who's also a member of our community, has been contributing in the Telegram group and chats and, and our live streams when he's up late enough for them over in the UK for... I don't know, a couple of years at least. I had the pleasure of connecting with Sean Moore intimately in a tuning session quite a while back. And I've just been a big fan of all the things that he's had to say in our groups and as a co-weaver in our community. And he has offered generously to bring forward some of his own research and perspective garnered from a lifetime as a musician regarding the occult correspondences of the musical modes and most excitingly about that there's this this theme geared into his presentation that he's going to go through for us regarding our own innate musical genius and how to connect to that how to feel confident about that and there could be nothing more interversy than the stuff that we've got on the agenda today and i'm so excited we will do our best to make sure that everything Sean has got to share is fully, clearly transmitted without getting it in the way. But it's going to be tough because I'm sure we'll both be chomping at the bit to throw some weaves down on the various things that Sean's going to share. You can find his music as Sha One, S-H-A-O-N-E. I know it's on Spotify because I've listened to it, but I'm going to kick it over to our honored guest and make sure that he allows all of us the uh, the knowledge of where to connect with them online and find his work. Welcome, man. Thanks for coming on. Hey, yeah. Thanks for setting it up. It's uh, yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. I've um, absorbed so much universe uh, content over the over the years. <laughs> it's nice to sort of transmit some back into the the collective pool more um, potently. Uh, so yeah. So, and I'm very happy for you guys just to pitch in as, as inspired, like I have a bit of a structure to the presentation, but it's, it's by no means fixed and it's going to be very much improvised anyway. 
I haven't prepared any music. It's all just going to be on the, it's all just going to be played as it comes. Just kind of like the conversations here. Just let the music do what it's going to do. Um, and where do they so, find you on, uh, was I correct? It's Shaw One on Spotify? Anywhere yeah. Else? Um, or if you just go through to the .com, I've actually got sh- uh, Sean or com, So you can just go straight through there. And I think all the links are there um, to get where you need to get to, to take a listen. Um, but yeah, most of what I've been doing recently has been in the real world for... It's been very sparse in the recorded digital world. I've been attending many music ceremonies and been all over the place doing all kinds of things. (laughs) Things that are usually off grid, they're not even filmed or anything. They're just around fires and in forests and uh, all this kind of thing. So um, I guess this is me resurfacing (laughs) back into some digital present. Oh, we're grateful for it, man. And I... (laughs) I really enjoy the aspect of the community around the podcast that the majority of people that tune in, they're not just passive, you know, consumers of some kind of entertainment or infotainment. (laughs) You know, we are infotainment. I do think that we're entertaining, but the bulk of our community, they're researchers too. And this, you stepping forward to share what you've got is really exciting to me because first of all, it's new stuff for us and possibly groundbreaking new stuff for podcasting in general, which is awesome. But secondly, I think that this may inspire some others out there who've been maybe a little shy or on the sideline, but they've got realizations and epiphanies that the rest of the world has never heard to come forward and you know bring it to our community in this format because it's going to be a lot of fun. They're going to see you having fun up here. They're going to want to pitch in as well. One of the reasons I started the show, like no joke, philosophy behind why I thought I needed to do a podcast was I had the realization that every single person that you meet knows something or has realized or had an epiphany about something that literally no one else alive has ever realized and maybe no one else in human history has realized. All of us have got those. So, you know, bring bring them up, bring them on. (laughs) Let's get more people up here. So, yeah, let's. And also what you just said about being in the real life in the forest around the campfire, there's this this vibe I get from you and the recorded music I've heard where you have you seem to have like a reverence for for sound and music as something sacred, not something just like a mundane Mm -hmm. time filler. And I appreciate that. And I think we're going to see that in our conversation today. Yeah, hopefully we'll let some of that just come through like that. Something I've learned over the, the last couple of years, although it's always been there, like the improvisation thing, the spontaneity, the conversational aspect of music, um, which is why, why I, when, when I emailed you, I said, like, let's just bring this extra voice in. So to me, it's just another voice in the conversation, which is why it could be interesting to just have it free-flowing um, because one of the ideas I had with the modes, because, I mean, if I just briefly touch on the concept, is uh, here's the thing as well. If, if I'm going, if I'm running ahead with concepts and musical things, just pull me back. Because <laughs> it's obviously second nature. And I, I'm not sure where everybody is in terms of musical theory and concepts and things. 
Um, but when it comes to the modes that I'm, that I'm going to cover, it's basically the Western um, standard major scale. And the idea of the modes is it's very simple, actually. It's kind of like a cog. So you have your major scale, like your do, re, mi, fa, solo, ti, do thing that everybody's familiar with. And you, all you do is you start it. So you could say that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven notes. So there's seven notes. And you basically start it from each degree of the scale and it creates a new scale, like a new flavor. And this always fast as soon as I discovered this, like when I was like 10 or something, um, 10 or 11, it just absolutely captivated me. I was like, oh, wow, there's this same set of notes. And if you start them from a different perspective, like a different face or a different face of the, the scalar modes, it, it creates a different flavor. And I'll, I'll play some of that so it's not just words. You can actually, part of the exercise that I'm suggesting is that I'll, I'll play a little bit of music in each mode each face of the major scale um, and really invite a tuning into the, into, into what you feel like what it brings up for you specifically uh, in terms of feelings and inner visions. Like I'm, when I, when I put the slides together for chance um, and for the, for the podcast, I had this sudden epiphany of, Strangely related to what you just said in the intro about everybody having um, a unique, um, a unique gift or a unique experience to bring, and I think it's the same with musical experience. Like I believe we're all inherent musical geniuses. Like if if you can listen and respond, if you've ever responded to music in an emotive, imaginative way, then to me, you're a mus- you, you already are a musical genius. It might be unconscious, but, but you are that. <laughs> so, so these exercises hopefully will just bring a little more, in the same way as a community, we bring consciousness to the symbolic expressions, like of the visual space. This would be the sort of equivalent of bringing the musical geometries into a more conscious space so that it can be examined and experienced and understood. And um, I'm sure everybody's familiar with the the seven liberal arts and especially the quadrivium, the set, the second set of the four. Um, I find like as, as a community, we all love music, but we haven't covered much in terms of the, um, well, there's, there's been a, f- a few podcasts, but uh, I, I just feel it's an, it's another deep well that we can definitely penetrate indefinitely into, <laughs> just like the visual space and all, all the other all the other things we've been doing. So th- I guess this is just my little primer and um, start into that. <laughs> Let's just see where it goes. <laughs> so, yeah, the synchronicities are over the top for me. They're totally over the top. I'm so blessed to be in the circle of amazing persons. Uh, I know our, our buddy George Mesa is like, 
going to just be eating this right up. Big shout out to George. Third Eye Edify. I know he's going to love this one. Uh, uh, I have a a map of everything you just said laid out in my heavens. And it is the, the Plato Symposium. It's a collection of these uh, these great minds. It's a fiction. It's a story. But the truth of it is undeniable. And so these seven characters are lounging around, communing, and they are uh, speaking eulogies. And this was back when a eulogy had a different meaning. So we use that to, uh, as a term to speak of those who have passed on. But back in Greece, a eulogy was, a, was an ode or a, uh, an honoring uh, uh, to sh- share your experience with the subject was love. Are you googly? Are you googly? It was a googly. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I think a lot of what, and so they, they kind of t- passed the talking stick, you know, in a lot of groups today, symposiums, they literally have a symbol that is like, it's my turn to talk. And so they'll take some sort, some symbol and they'll pass it around like a baton. Well, another word for the symposium is the touchstone. And so the touchstone is uh, the attention of of everybody else in the room. And so what we do, we do symposiums all the time. And it'll be like everybody puts their, their microphone on mute. And the, uh, the one person speaking, they are holding the touchstone when they have the mic. And then the other person will like want to chime in. So like we play with the, the mute button is literally our uh, access to the touchstone. And you can also, this is symbolically, this touchstone is also, um, it's not just the microphone, it's the podium. It's as though they were taking turns coming up to the, to the, uh, the high place at the front of the room or the place where everybody else is down under and they're up above, they're, they're elevated for a moment. They're in the limelight. And so the many, many ways that this touchstone, this podium, this altar uh, is still implemented is so ethereal and amazing. Um, but the, so there are seven fellas in the room and the last one is Socrates. And I just want to say this. I think we're going to we're going to break the Gnostic spell with this. You guys, we are going to break the Gnostic spell and everybody's going to be free in ways they never even imagined. Because Socrates is in prison the day before his death and uh, he's taking the hemlock. He's about to drink from that cup. But the, that uh, 24 hours before he drank from that cup, his demonic spirit, his higher self told him, buddy, you never figured out music. He's like, wait, 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 wait. No, I did. I did philosophy. Philosophy is the highest of all the arts. Of course I did music. She's like, nah, man, you didn't do music specifically. You neglected one of the arts. And so he's like, well, shoot, I only got 24 hours. So he starts writing dithyrams, which are like sacred odes to Dionysus. And it, with his last days, he like hurries up and tries to gain affluence over music and I think, and then his last words are like, you know, pay a cock to Asclepius for me. And everybody takes that on. That's a seed of Gnosticism in all the other religions. They're like, oh, that means we're in a prison. But I don't think that's what's up. 
I think the message here is if you've plateaued, if you've come to a point where you think you know everything, look at your weaknesses. Find the art that you didn't gain mastery over and start over as a child again. You can be resurrected through another art form. You can be born as a child. You can receive a new innocence and start all over in another dimension of expression. And so uh, I just think it's beautiful because, uh, uh, Chance, you said the word groundbreaking, you know. And so for me to even presume to know anything about music is groundbreaking. I'm starting all over. I'm starting anew as a child again. And I have to leave all my presumptions behind. And context will uh, uh, will bring on many epiphanies, I'm quite sure. So I'm very excited. And also uh, dimensions. Everybody wants to talk about parallel realities, parallel dimensions. Well, I think those seven arts in these different modes of thought are dimensional. And right now, what I thought was an amazing place is about to get even more amazing as I realize where all those other doorways and portals opened up in in the reality of the realm. Well said, man. You got us even more stoked. <laughs> so I got to give thanks to that. <laughs> yeah, I really amazing. love, I mean, take that to heart, you know, the pla- there is no plateau. There's always a new frontier of expression that you haven't t- tapped into to begin again and access the childlike wonder. I love that. And ju- just to add to that, like as long as I've been playing music, like I still, I have this weird thing where I can't really consciously remember like sometimes if i don't see a guitar i don't even know i can play a guitar and then i pick a guitar up and i'm like oh god yeah i've played this thing all my life and like it's like the the whole reality disappears and i have to sort of bring it back again every time and what i used to get really frustrated by that and a a bit terrified because i'm like oh god am i gonna remember anything at all about this thing i've studied all my life but then i realized the gift was that oh yeah i get it's a bit like going to sleep and waking up like i get to meet it all new again and be actually like humbled by in this case music but i think all of the grand subject uh funnily enough uh you said gabe that we have to study the thing which is our weakness well in my life i'm Part of my profession is as a computer programmer, uh, which is quite an interesting contrast to the rest of my life. (laughs) And it really, really helped me. Um, I was thrust into the world of cold logic and unforgiving processes and formula and all this kind of thing. Um, Very different to to what I find is the warm ease and flow of music. so, yeah, I think that was my sort of Chironic, Saturnian, however you want to say it, uh, teacher. <laughs> it's, been the, it's been the computer code in this lifetime. And, uh, the, the, the sort of grace, I suppose, has, has been, the, been the music side of it, like to keep the, the wheels oiled, as it were. Uh, but, yeah, I, st- I still feel like I'm the eternal student of, of, the, uh, of music whoever she is or he is or it is, <laughs> it's, it's vast. 
beyond beyond anything I can like I can just you know create a little ripple and um, yeah so on that note yeah uh, I'll let you take it away and just let me know if or when to transition slides and we're we're ready yeah so I've got one little sink to throw on the mit- on the pile yeah please music right music the word music you take the word use out and it's the mic it's the mic and so oh uh, right yeah <laughs> so, and here we are again with the the touchstone of it all like this is the limelight and yeah so i just wanted to say that are you referring to how the military industrial complex the mic uses music as a, as a weapon wow yeah man <laughs> i think yes i think they play personalities like a harp and so there's a there's a little special a special uh, flavor for every for the full spectrum of the human experience, and they uh, they've got quite a system down. But we're we're onto them fools. Wow. <laughs> yeah, the game's always blowing my mind before I even before we even get through the gate. <laughs> <It's> like... <sighs> ah. All right. Yeah, you mentioned touchstones as well. That that's a theme that comes up a lot. Um I do a lot of writing, like sometimes like ten thousand words a day or something if I've got time. It just it just flows through. Um and this theme of touchstones always is just so strong. Like this idea of everything everything's a portal in a in a sense. Um but it's important to have the right if everything's a portal then it's like, well, which one do we choose? So I guess for me, the constant's been to bring us back into the modes and music. Uh, I've explored all kinds of different dimensions of music, different styles, even into like microtonal, strange scales and different tunings with my classical friends. Like, And I'd, I got kind of lost in that for a few years. <laughs> And it was good. I learned a lot. But then I was just, just go back to where you started, just the Western the Western music scale that you started with. Like, stop trying to be too complicated about it. <laughs> and, like, really, like, delve into that book. Like, just to me, it is a sort of a book or an indexing system of some form of geometry. And it, it's very emotive and it's it's very... Um, powerful we're still using it who who knows how long we've used this thing for um and it reminds me very much of the zodiac which i think is another inherent language uh this division of 12 and its various um bases yeah <laughs> um, um you know so socrates is in position number seven in my work and he's the mm. his name in reverse is the set arcos, so he's the archon of set, which is the mm. donkey headed god of the Hebrews. Um, but it's you mentioned seven that seven is significant to the scale, and absolutely just, fundamental. Yeah, I just love this. I love how much more context is enriching what I thought I already had a clue about. You're just bringing in tidal waves into my mind it's just glorious and there's a there's a culmination which i didn't get to till i finished the slides and i think i think we'll leave it for later 
but this, it's it's quite significant. I, th- I think I'm still working on it, but maybe it can help me. Uh, so, but yeah, if we get get through some of the music part, and then we, I guess we can get get to some of that more um, symbolic reference and pattern matching stuff. I got a feeling this might be a sequel. There might be mm. there might be plus ultra on this one. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's an endless, it's as endless as all the other subjects. So I could do my little humble um, seed, little drop in the ocean and like, see where we get to. <laughs> so so when, when I was coming up with the slides, like most things, like I just let it just kind of come forth. I, I didn't think, I, I gave it lots of concentration and energy, but I didn't give it too much thinking and I, I let it sort of come through. Uh, so th- this this concept of which I described at the beginning of everybody being a musical genius, I was like, it just blasted. It just came in, right? It just this. Con- I was like, can I really be saying things like that? And then it took it took me down into this reason why that is, which which I outlined earlier. And it's um, yeah, because our true natures are godly and infinite like if we just want to go straight for that perspective uh, then of course everybody meeting this being of music is is going to resonate with their own infinitude you know their own monad Leibnizian monad or however you, you want to say it uh, like soul basically <laughs> so they're going to have their own vast and infinite relationship with music, even if they don't consider themselves musicians. That That's why everybody's moved by music, I believe. Like, it's a language of the monad, of the soul. Um, <clears throat> and, we're, yeah, we're blessed to have it. Well, one of, one of the other words used to describe the monad is the monochord. Ooh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, the Pythagorean monochord the beginning <laughs> beginning of the whole thing in, ter- in terms of the most basics of music theory just dividing of a of a string i mean it's profound like if you can sit and meditate on on that i mean yeah we we could spend hours just on that <laughs> it's just that single you know just a, a single string dividing it it's yeah, it's it's outrageous how deep we could go into these concepts. Uh, so, so the idea here is that just a little approach. Like, what I was going to do is break down a, a presentation, just a brief presentation of each mode, just lay out the pattern. Not too much music theory, just a visual pattern, and uh, play a little bit of how it sounds, so everybody can kind of feel the vibe and get get an impression and then maybe we'll move between them and contrast them and play with them we'll see where we get to um but i've got i came up with this concept called imaginal listening because like i think this is a big part of all genius you know which i, I believe everybody's essence is is genius and um it's really about is the imagination firing are the emotions moving is the energy going um is the consciousness engaged and is the discernment. Like I think all these things happening at once is really just innate genius wherever that's pointed. So 
But music in particular, something I discovered early, uh, maybe, maybe is why I advanced quite quickly in my journey as, as a young guy, uh, playing music. Like, I think I was like gigging within six months or something at about 11 year old. <laughs> just, just went from nothing to just no skill to, to like gigging. Um, and then it just, yeah, just, it went great. I just went on this exponential curve, like all of a sudden in some ways too quick because it was so intuitive and so, um, non-rational that it took some of the rest of my life to catch up with where I'd actually already gotten to as, as a child. <laughs> it was kind of crazy. I still don't even know how it happened. Uh, but it, it did happen. And I think you, it's so there's something of with what I call like true musicians, like, and I've, I've been so blessed to play with so many amazing people as an, as improvisers and things like this, people who are really plugged into the soul of music. And it seems there's really a few very basic things. It's like, can you listen? Can you be present to the experience and feel the vibration through the body or through, through the soul body? Uh, and can you get the, um, can you allow like the dream mind the imagination just to go where it's going to go um like the like if you can sit in that and either listen or play or both then nothing else is required like to me like i've had trippy experiences i've had people tripping out in ceremonies just just by like <laughs> being in that like no other um substances nothing i have not not that that I'm fine with substances. It's cool, but there's just something about music which is, um, which can do all that. Um, but it, it it being a mis it being part of the mystery, like it can never be forced. I found uh, it, it it has to be sort of invited. It's a bit like the gravy. <laughs> it's just you can't really force the gravy, right? Like it just it sort of like bubbles up out of just the process of us going through these co these wild conversations where, you know, 90% of people probably think we're completely nuts, but uh, we get each other somehow, you know, we, we love this place. <laughs> so, yeah, so that that's the kind of, that's the premise of, of coming to music as a listener or as a player is just, just listen, feel, and imagine. It's, it's, it's really three components. And um, listening obviously includes being conscious, lucid, present as one's being is all included in, in that. Um, and then, yeah, letting the rest of it just unfold and trust, trust in that because I think that's the gene. Like the imagination and the emotions are part of this innate sort of wisdom we all have for for receiving and playing music um <clears throat> so yeah i think that's i've got a few other things on the screen here so let's just look at what we got so yeah a multi-sensory musical vocabulary um so that's really just about in the same way we we view we've been so Gabe does the been doing the Enneagram for some time now, which I've been really, really loving. 
So we have this beautiful pattern that we can just keep going and going and going with. And the same with um, with the zodiac. Something I've studied a lot over the years. Just as a, and for me, it's just patterns. Like it's just to me when I when I discovered astrology, I dropped all of the ideas of prediction, and I believe it can be used for this. But for me, it was just a language. It was just music again, but in the visual space. <laughs> Like I just thought, oh, this is music. This is music. This astrology thing is music, but it's 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 presented as uh, geometry and mythology, pointing to the energy forms. Um, so, when I say a multisensory vocabulary, like the musical aspect, obviously, is sound based, but we can represent it through music theory and through similar to what we do with astrotheology, <clears throat> we can divide this unit circle into things uh, which remain consistent and which kind of like the Enneagram, like the, the 12 phases of the sine wave zodiac, we can find like a stable unit of, you know, of language structure and just keep penetrating in and penetrating in. And I think this is, I think this is a function of the third eye. Like, I think this is what the third eye does. Like it remains stable and pinpoint focused while we just like penetrate into, into the infinite mystery um, through whatever language we choose in, in the given uh, age that we're in. And thankfully we're retrieving this now, which is, I guess a wonderful and crazy time to be alive. <laughs> We're retrieving these these um, things, which for a big part of my life were, were lost. Um, I was peripherally aware of them, but it, it, it was, yeah, things like astrology were just considered silly nonsense or whatever. And when I actually allowed myself to overcome that, um, stigma if you like or, or that set of assumptions like it just kept rewarding me over like the study of it just kept rewarding me over and over again like it i, can't, I just can't even explain it and I, I i think i think that's possibly what we all share here some version of that in this in this community is like we've just kept riding that wave of <laughs> this wisdom and knowledge from all the different angles. Like, it's crazy how many angles of people's genius are in this community. It's like, I used to, I used to joke when I, when I first got involved through Chance after doing a session and he invited me into the, into the group. And over the months, I was just like, I was like, I'm surrounded by geniuses just like every day. <laughs> it's like, they're just like coming in from all these different angles. It's like, yeah, it was like, um, yeah, it was like the perfect school. School that I didn't get, which uh, probably none of us got. But if if we got it earlier, we we'd uh, who knows where we'd be. But anyway, we're here now. So <laughs> and, and everybody good. out there listening is invited to come hang out with us on Telegram and that group of geniuses, teachers, researchers. I, I my my favorite way to describe it is let it replace Google search for you. <laughs> About things that matter anyway, health issues, spiritual questions, mystical ideas. It's 
hugely rewarding. So that that's always an offer. It's linked in the show notes of every episode. Come hang out. Yeah, and it really covers the whole spectrum. It's like you've got you've got like the the physical guys in there doing all the stuff with the land. We've got us guys who are a bit more floating off into the, the conceptual realms and the you know the energy spaces and it's all it all the the beauty is it all connect. It's like the chakras themselves, like they all like when the yeah, it's like it's like a c- community balancing of of the. I guess the collective chakras in some kind of way. It's 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 quite a fascinating place to hang out. <laughs> yeah, would Oh, inspiring. Yes. So for for time's sake, I'm gonna skip us <clears throat> ahead to the uh, the first of the musical modes. And yeah, let's let's do it. And depending on you know how things work out, we may be able to return to some of the more personal journey part of the story. It's not that I'm uninterested it's just that i think that we're in a a gravy portal here that is basically we're in for a tsunami and we got to batten down the hatches <laughs> it's a gravy tsunami coming in <laughs> all right <clears throat> so yeah I've, t- I've touched on the on the musical modes as a concept so you've got like your major western scale let's see if this you can hear the guitar okay all right, great. So everybody's familiar with this, I guess, like just a major scale. So it's all based around this. Like this is this is like home, if you like. So and when we're thinking about music, like the most basic terms, like we're talking about harmony intention or dissonance um it's similar to all theater all dramatics it's like the there has to be this push pull so <clears throat> the ionian mode the first, which is really the major scale is really home it's home base uh t- to the whole system so it's very resolved you know it's very ta-da <laughs> everything's like nothing, nothing's kicking off. There's no weirdness. There's no, there's like, there's no, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, everything's happy. It's friendly. It's kid friendly. It's, uh, you know, it's all good on the Ionian scale. Um, I get the solar association, the positive feeling of it. And then also the fact that it's like, there's nothing hidden about it. It's all right out in the open and visible in terms of like the, the feeling or the, the structure of it. Yeah, so all all of your melodies in the major scale are really like the childlike simple things we would sing at school and it's all it's all you know, it's all very comfortable. Um, but you can't find we can find dissonance in there, but we we'll get to that in a second. Um so yeah, but I, as I've been researching this, obviously there's all kinds of ways to slice and dice and connect the music with with the symbolism. So I've kind of done a a canvassing and a mean average, if you like, of of the of the associations. But I'm also open to completely different interpretations. A bit like Gabe's process with the Enneagram, where it's there's a bit of massaging and changing and 
re-anchoring of concepts to different things. And to me, that's also, that is actually what music does so beautifully. Um, and the deeper you get into music, you realize like you think you know the thing is, and then you change the phase of the thing. And it's like, oh, no, there's like a whole new, <laughs> there's like a whole world in there. So to, to, to keep it simple for today's discussion, like each mode is a bit like that. So you think, oh, yeah, I, I know the major scale. You know, you can play all the white keys on, on your piano. And it's like, yeah, I can make up some tunes. And you could you could spend the rest of your life just on that. But then as you start moving through the modes, like it opens up this whole whole other vista of, of emotions and sounds, um, which which we'll go through. But yes, yeah, but the major is basically the the home base. So every, everything's just. comfortable or cozy <laughs> there's, there's no strange demons or strange dissonance gonna come out of the corners or anything it's all it's all good so and it we're sure so doesn't hurt that you have such a beautifully tuned guitar and like that electric acoustic guitar it's oh yeah this amazing dude i decided to get this as a gift to myself this year like i've, I've been sort of um Looking for it, I felt I had all these guitars, but none of them was my instrument. Like apart from a couple of my electric guitars, which I love, like a Fender Strat and a, a semi-acoustic thing, of, um, thing that I've got. But in terms of the acoustical acoustic instruments, like I was like, oh, I've just got all these things I'm just banging around on. It's like I want an instrument. <laughs> and so, yeah, this is the one I got in the spring this year. Aha, ha ha ha. ha. I'm a Stratocaster guy. You yeah. Know, what, what little guitar I play lately. So here, yes. I'm going to bring out the uh, Sun card, which has the Monad on it. And I just think Ooh. it's, a, uh, while I'm listening, I'm I'm looking at this image and I'm just harmonizing between my ears and my eyes. You know? Beautiful. And you've, you mentioned the children and the innocence. You know, this is a... Uh, right. This is also uh, Perseus. It's also has much to do with the unconquerable sun, and it's got the monad right here, uh, and it's card number nineteen. But there's a beautiful balance with the X I and the X. Oh uh, yeah, symbolically, it just has a nice solid base, like a home, a good foundation. And you bring and you add the one to the nine, and it becomes one. It reduces to the one to the monad again. Ooh. Yeah, I love that because in the system, like a of of the yeah one to nine, like because it's only really numbers one to nine in in my mind, and then when you combine the beginning event and the end of that, like you're back down to one, like back down to the base. So there's only really one. Like then we're it sort of resolves, yeah, it, re it resolves infinity in a way. Um, but yeah, there's a whole other thing to go into there, but <laughs> let's not go too far <laughs> into these things, into these side realms. But that's beautiful game. Yeah, what a 
beautiful image. And um, I knew this was going to get so deep. Like even just like, <laughs> even just on the, the first step, just the first mode, we could, yeah. Oh my goodness. So, so yeah, we've got the the planet as the sun, you know, the, the card that Gabe brought up. We've got the metal <clears throat> gold, which is, the purity and the enlightenment and the perfection. Even, even the word Ionian almost has I, one, nine. Ooh. The, the word Ionian almost, it, it, it resonates with one, nine. Yeah, this, this is what I'm really hoping you guys can sort of, your, your intuitive radars can start. <laughs> <laughs> can start forming these connections. Oh yeah, because you have IO, which is basically one zero, and yeah. that that was the Ooh. name of the back when God had a two letter name before it became a four letter name. It was Yah or Yo, and it was spelled like that, like Yod Hey or I E or J E. It's where you get like Jaw. You know, a lot of different names come from that. So one and zero are the result Whoa. of <laughs> one plus nine, like the 19 of the sun card. That's crazy. Yeah. Like the eyes, like the one, the nine neon and zero, like the base of the whole, that's just outrageous. <laughs> and it's, it's cool because that like generative, generative quality of the Ionian scale definitely fits the masculine generative principle of the one or the line and the feminine generative principle of the zero or the circle, the pole and the hole, you know, coming together and then all kinds of things can be born out of that, that Ionian pattern. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, so the, um, the signs that, that are often associated, the, the Zodiac signs are Aries um, for its bold and energetic and positive nature. Um, and a second, some of, some of these have a second, I've, I discovered secondary, um, associations. And for some reason, this one has Aquarius, I guess, because of the forward movement of it, it kind of wants to go somewhere, uh, as, as well as sort of feeling at home, you know, it's a bit like the Shire. It's like there has to, there has to be a, an adventure. <laughs> there has to be a change. We can't just sit forever in the gold of the sun and go, okay, we're done now. Like the journey's over. Like everything's cool. It's like, yeah, the whole thing has to progress to something else. So there's like, I guess that's the Aquarian kind of little wants to kind of come in and shake things up and bring the, bring the forward journey. Yeah. So that's kind of, it's hidden inside of that if there somewhere <laughs> you know aries is an anagram for shire <laughs> oh my god okay yeah. that's amazing and the garden of eden is the pegasus square in aries we're coming out of the garden on an adventure this is so so uh consistent it's so consistent whoa <laughs> It's just blowing my mind. I knew this was going to blow my mind as soon as we started going into it. My That's goodness. my favorite so far. Aries anagram of Shire. That, that wow. works for me. 
Wow. So to get into a little bit of the music theory, just because I think it's useful to see the patterns, because um, I, I feel I feel intuitively this is another thing, whether whether we pick up on it during this presentation or whether some of the other viewers and our community starts to absorb some of this more consciously, uh, whether they pick up on some things, which uh, it's not even a question of whether, it's like, they will. <laughs> it's from all kinds of angles. <clears throat> so there's basically only two units. So, and the way, I've, n I've never, I don't think I've seen the scale done on the wheel like this, but I was kind of inspired to do this because I'm so I, I got so much into Santos Bonacci many many years ago, where he laid out his sine wave function of creation and the zodiac. And as soon as I learned these base concepts of the wave, already being a sound engineer and doing all the stuff with acoustical engineering and stuff, um, it really. Uh, because we were taught there's positive and negative and there's like zero. And I'm like, okay, that's fine as, as an audio engineer, but it does nothing for me in my heart. Or like, in my, like that's not music to me. That's just a piece of electricity or something. It's like, it doesn't make any sense. And then when I learned this function of the wave through the Zodiac, I was like, oh my God, this is in everything. It's like, I could just see it. So, so I decided. Ever since that, I decided to use that as my basic unit of assessment of everything, like this this um, twelve phase circle. Um, so I decided to put the 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 because we basically have twelve notes in um, in our Western division of of music. Uh, in the chromatic scale, which which ultimately everything's based on this chromatic scale of 12 notes. And when you hit the 13th, it just loops back around on the next octave. Which So I, I kind of think of the spiral uh, as, as, a, as the uh, 13 in, in my system of thinking, and the circle as the 12. Uh, so the 12 kind of like lays stuff down. <laughs> And the the thirteen like breaks into another octave of of the expression or the understanding or the frequency or whatever. Um, so I, I mapped them onto this. I've done a linear scale like so, and I've done this wheel also. So in basic terms, like with the music that most of us are consuming and listening to and enjoying, it's based on the seven tones of of the uh, major scale uh, so and they're based on the they're derived from the 12 tones of the um, chromatic scale and then there's a whole set of theory how we got to that but we won't go into that right now uh, but it is kind of rooted in things like the uh, the mono chord and the division of the the um, string and the the natural harmonics that are present, like so, on a guitar, for instance, there's like natural without even pressing on a fret. There's there's natural harmonics. So that's how how we're really finding 
that there are scales because because we have these harmonics which are there anyway. Like nobody has to make this. Is what I love about this, like you don't have to make it up or theorize it. You just get a string, pluck it, and then if you if you touch the string lightly in the right area, like say halfway, you'll you'll get a you'll get an octave higher than the string as a as a tone. So it's there. It's there to be discovered. Like we do, we don't have to like self-evident truth. Yeah, th- th- this is what's so beautiful about all this stuff. And then then our conjecture has not conjecture's wonderful. I love it, but it needs it needs the solid <laughs> basis and then it can just launch off. Like that's where our feminine energy of the imagination and the emotions just thrives. Like once we have this once we can lay down, <laughs> you know, the, the temple or the pyramid or whatever you want to call it of, of, of sound of frequencies. Um, and it's all there just in a single string. It can all be derived from one string. I'm thinking of Socrates as the midwife, drawing forward, drawing forth, pulling ideas out of you. Yes. Yeah, because they're all it, they're in us. Like all of this is in us. Like we are the one string. We could, we could, we have a harmonic. Like we have all the the notes within us already, based on that principle. Um, so if you if you just skip back one slide just for a second, and I'll just finish off that pattern, and then and we can move forward. So basically, to get to, we've got twelve tones of the chromatic divisions of a string of a single string so it's the wave right it's santos bonacci's wave is right on here like all the way down a single string um 12 notes 12 tones and to get to the seven we use mixtures of two steps and one step and we call these tones and semitones so they're like two two steps of the um, of the 12 or one step of the 12. So that, that's what these, these divisions represent <laughs> on this linear chart to the left. And then on the wheel, I've just mapped that onto the 12, like as, as, um, and from these, we divide, we derive intervals, which is how, how we get all the flavors of music. Uh, but if we keep it in the linear for now, just so it's easier to digest. Um, each of these modes has a specific pattern of of tone and semitone, a very specific pattern. And this is going to become really important later for the discovery about the mirrors and the palindrome, which I discovered <laughs> while messing about with this. But um, uh, I, I got to say it. Please, yeah. Set articles, set semitones and tones. Arcos is the arc, the ship, the sine wave, the completion. Set arcos. Uh, uh, I love this. I absolutely love this. I'm finding Socrates hiding out in these signs and symbols in all the ways. And for me, I have a relationship with Socrates in his archetypal morphic form as not just a donkey. He's the zebra. 
And we uh, we actually, in Capoeira, we start all of our songs. The opening sound, the first initiation is a, a, a praise to the Most High. And it is always, yay! And that is that is a donkey bray. That is that is imitating the song of not just the donkey of the zebras. So all of this is like coming at me very quickly, very powerfully. But I just loved S and the T. Uh, this is you know this is foundational. This is totally foundational. It also is like the seventh chakra, um, you know, the foundation. I'm loving it. Wow. Yeah, the zebra. I was wondering if is that a zebra you have on your back wall there on the behind you? This is this is my Socrates. <laughs> the, the zebras have a very sophisticated mating ritual um, that is uh, embodied in uh, the Capoeira ceremonies. Uh, so for me to come this super circuitous route through Greek philosophy and highfalutin mental gymnastics. I realize it just brought me back to my roots, which is martial gymnastics. And I'm, I'm just really feeling the full circle of these lessons that I didn't, I wasn't so far away from home all along. Yeah, so what I understand of the zebra, because the symbol came to me maybe two or three, maybe, maybe more years than that, like several years ago. And when I looked, when I looked into it, like, I suddenly realized, oh wow, yeah, that this this is like the untamable horse. It's like it's this free spirited animal. Um, and you know the the Greeks and Romans called the African zebra a hippotigris or a horse tiger. Whoa! <laughs> All right. You know, just to like, I just was thinking about that, and then you mentioned it's like untamable, and yeah, you don't tame a tiger. Shit, yeah, I never, I never even noticed that it, it, it's so obviously like a tiger with the stripes. I never even made that connection before. It's insane. Wow. Man, ah. there is so much juice in that. I almost want to change my, change my channel name to Hippo Tigress. <laughs> That's great. It's, it's also just given me a music-related... Um, because the notes, the tones are like stripes on the chromatic scale. Because we're taking little slices of the chromatic scale and we're drawing frequency lines through through the wave. It's like it's like yeah, the untamable nature is is this music thing that we've. And then back to Socrates, uh, was it uh, Socrates? Um, <clears throat> wow. Because, yeah, because Socrates we see as a man, or we're taught as a man, but it's also a universal principle which is presently expressing in our conversation as seven notes through through, through the way, through the infinite way. <laughs> seven rays, or however you want to say it, right? It just goes on. Oh, goodness. Aye. The zebra is a gift that keeps on giving. There's also uh, one of the zebra's the Latin name or like the, the scientific name is Equus Grevy. It's basically like it's a gravy, gravy horse. <laughs> Equus Grevy. <laughs> we got to move away from zebras for a little bit. I'm sure they'll come back. How, uh, how appropriate. Wow. So 
So yeah, the, these are the, so we've got the patterns, we've got the stripes. Let's just call them stripes. So we have a fat stripe and a thin stripe, a tone and a semitone, and these are mapped onto the onto the the twelve um, positions. Um, so each yeah each mode has its pattern. So for for an Ionian, it's tone tone semitone tone 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 semitone. <laughs> so it's it's very very simple, very linear thing. Um, very mathematical in some ways. Uh, but when we hear these patterns, so tone, tone, semitone, tone, 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 semitone. So that gives us gives us our home base so that's that's where we're starting that's i guess that's zero zero or one um so yeah we can move on to the the next so i think we've we've really already covered this like i think maybe what we'll do is we'll incorporate this as we're talking because it seems like we're gonna (laughs) we we just get into this sense of i'll repeat it a little bit here but if while the while we're conversing and while the music's happening in the background as, as a flavor of each because really want what i wanted to do was conjure up the geometry of each mode so we can really feel it and hear it and then let our own imaginations bring forth what what the may at this time right it's different every time it's, it's never the same um so my suggestion is to just ask the questions ponder the inquiry like how does it sound to you like this this major and we we covered this earlier like it's sort of like a home base it's the shire everything's peaceful <laughs> like there's nothing nothing threatening happening it's all good it's very it's, it's agreeable 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 yeah, right. Beautiful. Yeah, you, you literally can't disagree with it. <laughs> that Aries thing as well, right? You, you can't disagree with the, the Aries. <laughs> and the sun, right? It's just banging out its frequency. It's like, I'm here. I'm doing my thing. Everything's fine. Everything's shiny. Everything's bright. <clears throat> For some reason, like, you know, the idea of how does it taste as a sound? And I just keep getting the idea of an orange, you know, like this. Oh, yeah. Because the orange has the the taste or scent quality that just invites a joyful feeling. It's a nourishing thing, and it's a sunshine idea as well. And, like, the color orange has this warmth and comfort to it or pleasure feeling to it. I mean, orange has the sacral chakra and pleasure is wrapped up in it. So I think that the Ionian mode to me is like a really good orange in the sun when you're in the warm sunlight. Wow. I, lo- I love that. So yeah, thanks for bringing in the other, the other senses. Cause um, yeah, that's powerful. Like I, I'm just like, I'm feeling my whole, <laughs> like a, my whole a sweeter orange, not as, not like a sharp or tangy orange, but like a sweet orange, you know? Yeah, one of those ripe, perfect seasonal, off the tree type, 
yeah, all the. I can even smell. Yeah, I can smell the the zest. The zest, right? Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> ah. So. So yeah, I, I brought a few quotes in because there's a there's a there's a Sufi mystic musician um, who I really love who may may introduce me to. He's got a book called The Mysticism of Sound and Music, and it's incredible. I've, I've got it with me pretty much all the time. Um, so I've got a little um, quote from his in, in this awareness sort of suggestion, and it's, a person does not hear sound only through the ears. He hears sound through every pore of his body. It permeates the entire being. Hazrat Inyat Khan, the mysticism of sound and music. Um, so I just, yeah, I'm just in love with this guy's vibe for, for some time now, for like the last year or two. <laughs> He's really incredible. Um, very wise. Uh, sensitive soul. So... How about we move maybe onto the the next mode, the Dorian mode? Switch it up. <laughs> oh well, yeah. Let's have, let's have another. Let's have another Hazrat to pause. So, what makes us feel drawn to music is that our whole being is music. Our mind and body, the nature in which we live, the nature which has made us. All that is beneath and around us, it is all music. I really, I, you know, the more I contemplate this, the Ionian mode, it does feel like, do you have a, okay, so I, I'll ask you first. Do you have a personal correspondence or association to one of the chakras with this mode? We are covering seven modes and there's seven chakras. So I'm kind of curious how that's all going to land for each of us in how we feel because we might each have our own relationship to a certain type of sound and there maybe there isn't a correct or right answer but what would you put that one on yeah i'm, I'm wondering if this is a bit of a um so you know what i'm com what's coming to mind is you know in human design the people who have studied human design like we have like a different energetic signature and different activations so when an experience is coming at us like we might resonate in a different way so so for me i for some reason i see the the tip of the crown chakra um like the the golden sun nearly like you know this higher golden sun just maybe, maybe it's slightly above but sitting in the, the crown chakra whatever that is that's what I see in my mind's eye at this moment, but it can also change all the time. I kind of do feel the the resonance almost like hovering above my head as you're saying that and playing, strumming out that chord. I also, again, back to the orange thing, you know, the more I contemplated that, I feel that there could be a good case to correspond to the sacral chakra as the the way that the Ionian scale works is it's all about like reaching this satisfying conclusion moment. You know, there's always like a relieving 
satisfied exhale. <laughs> it also is a starting point for other ways to explore music. And so it's generative, like we talked about, and that's the nature of the second chakra as well. So the sacral chakra in a coherent state, it carries the signatures of satisfaction and pleasure and also like creativity and flow. So I, I like that correspondence, but I don't think there's a wrong answer here either. What do you think, Gabriel? Yeah, I, that's funny. It was in the back of my mind that <clears throat> uh, like I, I list the chakras from one at the top down to seven at the bottom, but I've heard you chance uh, put uh, seven at the top, which, which uh, both uh, they both work. And I think of like, um, if you have a bowl of water and you put your finger in it and the ripples go out, they hit, they'll simultaneously hit both, both edges of the bowl. And so that outermost ring, uh, is the one and the seven, you know, in people from the West, we read from, from left to right people from the East, they read from right to left. And so this, uh, I'm constantly seeing beautiful examples of how harmonious it is to consider the opposite to also have val validity. Not, not, and we're not fighting over who's right or wrong. We're just seeing that there is validity in both sides of perspective. Wow. So what, what's come into mind for me musically is like chance hit, hit upon it is the Ionian or the major mode is, is home. Like, so we can be moving away. It's something we want to move away from, but the nature of everything is there's always a return. So <laughs> chakra wise, you could say we're, we're moving whatever home is for us in a particular moment, you know, where, where we're having this, maybe a little agitation comes up to, to for the adventure, the call to adventure. Um, th that's one way we can leave the Ionian to, to go and explore these other things. But then the, the common, the return of the satisfaction down, like grounding it into the, into the, um, into the sacral, in, into the sensual, um, there's something satisfying about musical resolution, which is, which is physical, <laughs> like we all, we all, it's emotional, sure, it's conceptual, but it's just the body's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it just, it loves it, just loves the resolution. So, yeah, I, I love, I, I, I would never have thought of these connections. This is, this is the beauty of these living, philosophical, experiential discussions. It's just perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. All oh, right, the Dorian. So this is the second, the second mode. And we basically get to it by starting the major scale from its second position. Uh, for, for the sake of simplicity for this um, presentation, this demo, I'm just going to do everything in, in E, which is the, which is the open bass string of, of the guitar um, so 
in terms of theory, <laughs> this this would be the D major scale from the second note moving upwards. So the D major scale is... So that's home again. And to get an E Dorian, we'd simply play the D major scale from its second note and we get this it opens up this completely different um this completely different thing so what we end up with is just like a lot more moody it's very bluesy and it's really the there's two bluesy modes and th this is the minor um the more minor resonant if you like uh of, of the bluesy type modes and really the the dorian like for anybody who's into music like you have your minor like your basic minor scale and the little magic note that we have is this major sixth probably recognize this from blues right which is different from a minor scale because a minor scale really goes um, it's a bit darker right like a pure minor scale is so this Dorian scale is really a minor scale with a raised six note which just gives it that sweeter This sort of like resolution. It's like quite, it has a little sort of mystery vibe to it. This is just amazing. I, it's so amazing. This life, it's, it's so amazing. We, uh, so in the enneagram, like I, I feel like I have a cheat code that uh, that is difficult to convey in words, but I can see it mapped out on my project. We've moved from the one, the perfectionist reformer with the shadow of wrath, and we've stepped into the two, is the um, the giver with the shadow of pride. We've crossed over a very uh, crucial threshold from the one to the two. We've moved out of the doing, out of the body, and we're moving into the heart. Uh, the two, threes, and fours are heart feeling oriented. But as we cross from the one to the two, we're walking across this sacred line that is the, it's the river sticks. It's the instinct. 
it's the uh, it's the passions, uh, it's the ancestral um, fire, and it's pointing in my enneagram at the number six. It makes a spear, and it points at the number six. And the number six is uh, is a loyalist with the shadow of fear. And what is fascinating is I'm 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 overlaying these dynamics onto the Iliad. And this is the moment where uh, um, Achilles is about to draw his sword. He's pissed off at Agamemnon. Achilles is on the river Styx. He, uh, he's the Magus card. Agamemnon is number two. He's uh, because the remedial virtue of number two is magnanimity, and the uh, number two priestess card is the magnamater. So Agamemnon has many indicators that he belongs in that number two. But the thing that has caused the discrepancy between, as we break from the one to the two, the discrepancy between them was caused by character number six at the tip of the spear on the other side of the enneagram. That is Apollo. Apollo has caused a plague and has uh, brought difficulty in between them. So I just, I love that what you're saying in music is alive in the characters of the foundational epics of Western culture. And they could just be unpacked. If we never found this, somebody else would uh, a million years from now. And I think that we are echoing these dynamics uh, forever, forever and ever. So I just wanted to say that, that, I want to put a pin in this uh, for you, Sean, because as my project rolls out, I just want you to be able to come back to this like a cliff note so you can add more uh, texture and meaning and, uh, and proof to my claims that I'll, that I'll be fold, unfolding going forward on my project. I really like the correspondence, the variate, the variation correspondence that you have on this slide with the Dorian relating it to Scorpio because it there's like this feeling as you were playing. I actually, I didn't really want you to stop. <laughs> I was really enjoying it, but there's this, you know, with the whole mysterious element of the Dorian mode, you brought up Pink Floyd. There's like, you know, this sense that there's something more to, and the danger of that unknown in a way, like, all of that feels very scorpionic. My first impression is to correspond it with uh, the Dorian mode, actually with the third eye. And that would be because, you know, the third eye is the door to mystery. <laughs> you know, it's the gate, the portal through which our epiphanies are coming through. Our expanded perceptions can arrive through. So it's, you know, it's where we go to introspect and to contemplate things. So I kind of see it as a third eye and a Scorpio um, reflective. I, I like the silver and the moon correspondence there. It's very reflective and it's a, it's awesome. It's awesome to be just thinking about these things and feeling into these things and seeing where it leads us. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. There's two major things there. So the, the mag, my, the mag magnetism that Gabe pointed to um, that there's something in that, and also um, for me, I was suddenly realizing that 
in terms of like the hero's journey or, or, the, or the, the, the movement through, through a journey like this, I would say that Dorian is, is the lightest of the dark modes, like the more minor based modes. It, it's the, it's the mildest introduction to the dark. <laughs> it's, 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 so it's like the, it's like that it's not quite into the evening or the night. It's, it's the coming of the, it's, the, it's, ooh, there's some dark, I'm going it. So it's sort of penetrate the start of penetrating, touching on the mystery, but we're not quite swept away in it yet. So it's like kind of seeing the moon rising just in the early evening or, or like Venus, you know, the first star before the night falls Uh, with that Taurus association that is the primary one, the, the evening star, your gateway into the dark, the, the light in the dark, all of that. Yeah, it's like it's like this invi- this feminine invitation to to play in the dark, right? <laughs> it's like it's like come on, like from home, you know, you've been sitting in that sunshine. It's like come on, it's evening time, you know. So yeah, it's it's a completely different mood or mode. That's the other thing I love about mode. It's mood. It's it's the same thing. The different seven moods of of the, of the Western scale. <laughs> Um, it's also Edom in reverse, which is get out of my head. <laughs> it's, it's Adam. <laughs> yeah, buddy, yeah. And that's the Adam Cadmon is the the scale, the full scale of our dimension of experience. You know, and it's our it's a, a doom thing too. <laughs> you know, mood backwards is doom, and we think of doom like doom, but in the more archaic usage, doom referred to more like your fate. It wasn't necessarily positive or negative. It's just like you're you're ready to meet your doom, you know, to find out what what your doom is. But it does. It's like a conclusion. You're you're trying to reach in and find the conclusion. That's what the doom is. So it could be good, it could be bad, but it's probably going to be a mix of both. And the mode or the mood, it, it has like a doom quality to it in that sense because the mode that you choose determines the outcome of how resolution is going to come or feel uh, unresolved. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. I I love that interpretation of doom. Yeah, like fate. Wow, the fates, right? Like the the modes, the moods, the dooms, the fates. (laughs) We can change our fate through selecting the mood or the mode consciously or, or even unconsciously. Wow. Yeah, it's like the etymology means something closer to judgment than it does, you know, uh, like a, a bad outcome or like death or destruction. You know, we use doom like you're doomed in a negative sense, but it has more of a meaning relating to order, like to put something in its place. When something finally clicks into place, it's, you know, achieved its doom. Is more a, a more archaic way of understanding the word and the concept, and yeah, the the mode. <laughs> if we're connecting mode to mood, the mode is kind of like letting you know what where everything's place is in the pattern. Yeah, we can, and through the music, like one of one of the beautiful things about doing ceremonial music is you start to see how powerful it is as a navigational tool like to to move minds and hearts and souls together as one um 
journey or trip in, in that particular moment. Um, so that, that's what's coming to mind, like this idea of music as a navigating... Um, I don't know what the word would be, a navigating, not device, but yeah, so a, a means of navigation. <laughs> um, and yeah, the the mastery of of these modes feel feels like it's something to do with that, like on some like cosmological scale beyond what I can even comprehend. I just get a glimpse. You know, um, Orion. We have o- D and Orion here, and Orion, the constellation, is in Taurus. Um, and over his shoulder, he has the what's called the Winter Triangle. That's just its name. It's an equilateral triangle. I think of it as Santa Claus's bag of goodies thrown over the shoulder, because in that in that bag of goodies, there are many aspects of social engineering, such as the printing press. There's actually a printing press constellation, and there's a, a unicorn, Monoceros, is in the bag of goodies. Um, so the D is the winter triangle over the shoulder of Orion. So D... Orion brings my thoughts to the winter triangle, which I know is very uh, systematic in certain magical practices. Wow. Where, where is Orion in the, in the um, sequence of, of the Zodiac wheel? Like which constellation? It's, it's technically a minor deacon of uh, Taurus, but it, one thing that's really beautiful is Orion is he's cut in half kind of like Lilith. Uh, mythologically, Lilith is, uh, she's separated from her torso. So she's legs at the bottom and her body on top. Um, but that is the elliptical plane goes right through Orion's belt. Um, so part of him is in the s- southern part of the sky and this other part is in the northern part of the sky. And it's the, and it's the most uh, anthropomorphized, I think, of all the stars, you have to kind of use your imagination for the rest of them. But even for little kids, they're like, yeah, that looks like a dude with a big club. He's got one big club and I'm glad it's not coming down on me. Wow. Wow. That does yeah, so- add a little weight to the Taurus association with Dorian. If Orion is right there between Taurus and Gemini, it's a good point, Gabe. Yeah, D. Orion. <laughs> wow, that'll always be in my mind now when I see this mode. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. So, yeah, so the pattern, like, it's a distinct pattern again in terms of the tones. You know, we have the tone, semitone, tone, 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 semitone, tone. Um, and maybe, maybe I'll give a little thing away here before we get to the f- things I discovered later, but if you look at that pattern, like we see a kind of a palindrome, right? <laughs> like it's the same, same forward and backwards as a visual pattern, like the scale pattern. Um, so that's just a little heads up for some for some things that I've been discovering while I've been <laughs> while I've been. <laughs> delving into this these past weeks um so 
Yeah, I think I feel like we could probably. I don't know where you guys are at, but we can probably move on to the onto the Phrygian. Well, I like I kind of like our or, our pace here, and you know, yeah, you know, we can more slides on the door, and we'll yeah, we can talk I about can, how it sounds, feels, see, you know, what we see, because most importantly, that contemplation can inspire the audience to answer those questions for themselves. So maybe Perfect. give us a little more Dorian, and uh, we'll try All to put right. our sound and our feeling and our vision to it, me and Gabriel. All right. Perfect. I love that. So, Dorian. Thanks for that. <laughs> it's so fun. I I, uh, I don't know why, but I just kept getting this image of sitting under a pine tree or some kind of cedar tree. So like almost as if the the notes were reminding me of the sort of sort of prickliness of how uh, that type of tree expresses itself but also the comfort that it provides, you know, in the time of the year when nothing else has leaves, but this has still got green. I, I'm not sure why, but, uh, you know, I'm just going with radical free association. Maybe they'll, maybe someone out there will be like, this is why, and they'll, they'll have the epiphany for me. But that's, that's what was coming in for me as I sat there and closed my eyes and let it permeate my being. Wow. Yeah, that, that reminds me where I, I spent most of the summer in Portugal on a on a mountain, uh, in uh, surrounded by pine trees <laughs> for for quite some time. And basically, this mountain was just quartz, just pure quartz. It was more or less coming out of the ground. You just everywhere you walked was just quartz, right on the edge of the national park. Uh, and a chance when you were describing. Pine. I was like, oh yeah, I remember sitting there in the evenings and you could smell this beautiful, fresh forest air and see the moon and like, I'm like, wow, this just fit. Like if I was sat playing that piece of music there and the, there's something you said about the the pointedness and the, like I think pine and pineal, the, pine, the pineal gland 
Um, oh, as you right. Said, and the, I already was like, this is third eye. Ah. Yeah. And there's something geometrical. Some, there's, some, there's a weird thing I get with sense sometimes. And to me, the pine trees got a very crisp geometry physically in a sense. Like it's very compact. But the, the smell is also clean geometry it's like there's, there's something called the smell of zen like which a, a teacher of mine used to, to describe whenever you get like a true just boof, like experience of of how things truly are and he said like we just call it the smell of zen like you, you can't conceptualize it it's just you just know it when it happens so th- that's what's coming through f- from your reflection <laughs> on on the dorian experience like that that's what's coming back through me how about you, Gabe? Uh, well, one more play, uh, fun play on this. You know, we're in the springtime. If we're in, you know, Taurus and this Dorian, it has, uh, there is the word rain in there as well. And the spring is the, is the symbolized by cups or hearts or all things water uh, because uh, we're fertilizing the seeds that we planted in Aries. So the rain is coming through in my mind. I want to ask, uh, if you were in Portugal, um, uh, were you anywhere near Lisbon? Um, I was in the Serra de Estrela Mountains, like which is the Mountains of Stars, I think it's called. Wow. Mountain of the Stars or something like that. <laughs> it's like... Uh, I'm going back there for the winter. I, I, I so loved it that I'm going to spend some more time there. But it's uh, it's pretty much in the middle. It's classed as North Portugal, but it's um, it's a little further down than mid mid Portugal. Uh, and it's um, yeah, I don't know how close it would be to Lisbon because I just basically got there. I was going to go visit other people. And I just, I'm just, I'm just staying here. <laughs> I just stayed there for the whole time. Yeah. So it was one of those. Well, uh, not to derail or run off on any tangents too far, but I learned about the Lisbon fires, the Lisbon disaster uh, from uh, 1755, I think. I might be off a little. And that was a, an incredibly pivotal event for the consciousness of humanity. Um. It, it inspired Voltaire to write a very uh, powerful poem, a 180-line poem. Uh, I've, I've incorporated it on my, on my channel a little bit. I think that the essence of the Thoth deck tower card is captured in the Lisbon disaster and uh, Voltaire's response. And what he ended up doing as, uh, as a result, he broadcasted a question a powerful question into the, into the realm. And that question is uh, a second guessing a primary maxim of equity. And this maxim of equity is everything that is, is as it should be. If it has happened, it's all good. It's all good. Just go with the flow because this is the will of God and you can't question the will of God. And, uh, and, and so the implication of that is that those people deserved it, that those people brought it upon themselves and that we shouldn't get caught up or question God. And so Voltaire came along and he's like, come on now, 
come on now. Are we going to just say, oh, well, on all these people's deaths? And so he writes this super moving poem. His last word is the word hope. And so he's he's uh, he's echoing back to Pandora opening the box and all the disasters coming on to man. And the last thing that comes out of the box is the word hope. But I just think it's it's beautiful. It's fascinating. It's underappreciated that event because uh, there was a great amount of social engineering uh, and the uh, the systems, the powers that be, they have learned how to capitalize on disaster. And I think a lot of people could go back and look at some of the, the cloak and dagger in the moves in the minds of men from way back then, because it's just going to keep wash, recycle, repeat. Uh, and it is amazing what happens when you question a maxim of equity. I think you literally send a ripple through uh, through the consciousness of humanity to uh, to make the maximum of maxims of equity uh, not as uh, as there's not as preclusive as we thought they were. And so what, what happened then? They got a uh, um, Jean Jacques Rousseau to write a retaliation against Voltaire, and he came back and he's like, "Well, maybe we shouldn't be hanging out in buildings." with 10,000 tons of brick hanging over our head on a regular basis. And then the king of the, of the area, he started living in tents. He was in tents for the rest of his life. So the intense city of FEMA and FEMA camps looming in people's future, in their imagination, this stuff has all happened before, and they're just going to play the strings to echo these words, these symbols into the consciousness over and over. And I think it takes the power out of it to know that this is just a process that uh, the social engineers have done before they learned then, and they'll just, uh, they'll just imply it again uh, to put us in a fearful state. So I think it's empowering to know where these words, these terms, and these dynamics come from. And you were sitting at ground zero when you were in Portugal. That's so powerful. Well, here's, here's another crazy thing. And I mean, these are probably just going to, I was actually in a tent on the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> I was, and then I loved it so much that I've been in a tent until a few days ago um, for like four months, <laughs> living in a living in a bell tent uh, in Port in Portugal. And then when I came back to Wales, I just stayed in my bell tent. Like I, I just <laughs> liked it so much. <laughs> it's, uh, but yeah, now the weather's shifting, so I'm making alternative arrangements, but. That's just crazy. High synchronicity. High synchronicity. I have a, a very close friend I just reached out to uh, for the first time in a long time. He's been staying in his tent for months now, too. There's uh, there's something. So is our friend Marty Leeds living in a tent. Oh, yeah. There is something going on here. There's something going on here. It is, uh, it's beyond me. I can't, I can't pull it down with words. There's way more, there's way more to this little nugget. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure other people are going to have, uh, brush fires in their mind from what we just say. <laughs> we got to find some kind of natural conclusion for the, the part one. That's actually like basically a whole podcast, which is awesome. And so this contemplation number two here, uh, would you read this to us and interpret it to us as we like try, try to seek for a, a 
a, a break point, a conclusive point. Yeah, like a resolution to this, to this do, do, uh, <laughs> do rain, the do rain um, little trip we've been on. So let's see, let's see what Hazrat Iniad Khan's got to say. So the true use of music is to become musical in one's thoughts, words, and actions. One should be able to give the harmony for which the soul yearns and longs every moment. So I definitely feel that the Dorian mode opens that, like where the, where the Ionian is sort of this happy little go-lucky... The Dorian is sort of taking us more into this, like this more mysterious zone. It's that, it's that little thing there. That <laughs> it's that, it's tickling us in the in the mystery bone, right? It's it's like come on, it's like we're going somewhere. So. <laughs> Yeah, make it rain. Do yeah, so, rain. So come on, everybody. We're going somewhere in part two. We're going into five more musical modes. Come along for the journey. You know, uh, I'd like to put this on the tickling of the mystery bone. I think this is crucial. You just you, you set this up. There is a um, in that part of the sky in the in the uh, right above Taurus is uh, the north node of the lunar standstill cycle. So there's a powerful mystery to that that has a, a that would be like an anode. Its cathode is down in Scorpio. So it's using that 180 relationship the, uh, to the opposite end of the zodiac. But there's other fascinating mysteries just above the head of Orion, and that is the double torrid meteor showers. And this is... Uh, uh, it's du- it's double terminated. Imagine like if you're in light speed in the Millennium Falcon, but you're going down two tunnels at the same time. So it's coming at you from two origin points. And I think that this is the split of the minds of man. I think that there is, um, uh, this is the dilemma. The word dilemma is to be of two minds. And so that tickling of the mystery bone uh, I think that we're, that's kind of what has happened. We've, we had this agreeableness and now something has come along to say, but what about this? Uh, and then that puts you in two minds. And so now you're on the adventure seeking resolution. Um, and last night when I was trying to uh, uh, struggle with the techno gremlins in my life, I uh, was able to put a voice message together that was not full of obscenity and, and frustration and profanity. And I was able to just get it off uh, with a, a note of positivity at the end uh, that was uh, very much like what you were saying there uh, about the, the Dorian. It's not quite, uh, yeah, it's just a hint of the frustration of the question uh, that opens this up for uh, hopefully more to come on a wonderful mystery journey, adventure, and quest. It's a game. I've just got one, like this idea of the two, the split and the two um, terminus or like however we're looking at those flows. 
Um, when you see where I've placed the Dorian scale, as like later, maybe not even, maybe another time we look into this, it will absolutely blow your mind. Like, if just park that statement and that thought of down the center and the split, and then when I, when we look at how these patterns line up <laughs> with what I discovered recently. Uh, which is maybe other people know about this, but I, I did search and I couldn't see any reference to the thing that I, that I saw. Um, so maybe it's a new thing. Maybe it's a new connection or, or it's a rediscovered old connection. So, yeah, but just park that thought because <laughs> it'll become super fascinating later. Okay, now I'm, I can't wait. Can we do it tomorrow? <laughs> the sooner the better. I hate surprises. Well, maybe we'll get there in uh, part two, which people can join us over on Patreon or Rockfin to check that out. They can find Sha1 or Sean.com linked in the show notes. Check out some of his music that he's put on the internet. Uh, give him a shout on our Telegram group. Let him know you enjoyed this conversation. And we'll see all the supporters on the other side for part two. And it's going to be more musical <laughs> more epiphanies we're gonna have a lot of fun thank you gentlemen and speak to you on the other side all right guys i hope you enjoyed this once in a lifetime conversation with sean clark aka sha one and of course slick dissident always a pleasure to have him ride in shotgun and this, I think, may be the long, largest, longest Interverse episode of all time. <laughs> I think maybe we've done a Vibrant that reached over four hours or a Marvelous Demystifiers, but it's usually my habit to keep the Interverse shows closer to two, but the, you know, splitting this one up into a two-parter, I don't think it would have done it justice. So if you were just here for the first half Know that in the second part, we do cover the rest of the musical modes going through all the way to the seventh. And I'll try to keep this brief because it's already such a long show. But please check out the plus extension on this one. You can find it at Rockfin or Patreon. Both of those are linked in the show notes. I don't think you're going to find a conversation like this anywhere else. This is something to return to, meditate to, especially, you know, if you were doing something where you're kind of busy while you're listening. I recommend going through and listening to this while you're able to just meditate with it and let the sound wash over you from the incredible, gorgeous celestial guitar that Sean plays. I mean, how often do you get live guitar playing in a podcast? <laughs> Not super often. So check it out. The uh, The second half also, when we do get to the culmination after we've completed our examination of all the seven modes, we look at the pattern in these musical modes and how the symmetry there is inherent in the system and you know without uh, getting too wordy about it just realizing that there's a pattern to this creation that there is a harmony to the type of feelings that notes and sound and music can evoke it is an absolutely huge honor to be able to host a conversation like this on my channel i think i might be the luckiest podcaster ever that there are people in my audience many 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 of you who are so, so deep, <laughs> so knowledgeable, so inspired. Really, the word is inspired. I think this was an inspired conversation. This was a divine conversation. 
if you can listen to this, especially the full four hour thing, and you still have some kind of like whiff of atheism or disbelief that there is a creation that we're embedded within, that the imagination of God is streaming through every single molecule and pattern in this realm. I don't know what to say, but hey, <laughs> it's fine. If you don't want to live, you know, feel that life is magic, that's that's your thing. But this was a magical one. I want to remind everybody too, you can hit me up for sound healing chance at interversepodcast.com or interversepodcast.com slash sound dash healing. Get yourself on my tuning calendar so that we can have a ceremony together and use the power of sound and harmony and coherent frequencies to balance your energy field and restore the lost vitality that you may have sacrificed to some of the limiting beliefs you may not even realize are still lingering in your mind field. Because how that works, I mean, you've heard me talk about it before, but you may have made a decision or a belief or expectation about life years ago, forgotten about it and left the setting like that and limited your own personal vitality or even led yourself to some injury, disease or discomfort. We can find that stuff. We can clear that stuff. We can restore the full capacity of your free will. I'm happy to help with that. It is my calling. So I'll play you guys out with another track by Sean off of his SoundCloud. Please go check out his website, shaw1.com. Show him some love in our Telegram group. You can join that, t.me slash podcast chat. Also linked in the show notes. It's all there. Support the podcast with Typica New Herbs, Clive DeCarl, and many other ways. Pick up an audiobook, et cetera, et cetera. Lots of good stuff that you can do to expand your experience in the interverse. And with that, I'm going to head on out. Love y'all. Catch you on the next one. Hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did. It was an absolutely incredible experience. Bye bye.